if you cast yourself as a victim, you're allowing your future to be robbed from you. Maybe your past was robbed, but you're the one who gets to decide whether your future is getting robbed too. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. You know, I was thinking that the title of today's episode could have either pulled you in because divorce applies to you, or it could have steered you away because divorce doesn't apply to you. Or maybe you didn't even notice the title and you just hit play because you're such a devoted listener. (laughs) And for that reason alone, I love you. Thank you so much. Seriously, though, no matter what, today's topic really boils down to reinventing and rediscovering yourself. And that applies to all of us especially this time of year when people are still talking about their New Year's resolutions and how they're going to leap tall buildings in a single bound. (laughs) I wouldn't do that because my legs are too short. Anyway, it won't be long before the New Year's resolution dust settles and people go back to their old ways. But not my listeners, right? Because if there is one thing that I have tried to teach you on this show, it's the time is now. The time is now for you to rediscover what brings you joy, to reinvent yourself, and to recreate a new life. Why is the time now? Because now is all you have. I heard yesterday that Fox News Senior Vice President of News and Politics, Alan Kamisaroff, died on Friday after suffering a heart attack. He was only 47 years old, you guys. 47 years young, I should say. When I hear stories like that, it motivates me. Death motivates me. That might sound a little strange, but it does. Death is a motivator and a reminder to live your life with gusto. It's a reminder to stop talking and to start taking action. So again, divorce or not, today's episode is another kick in your bootay to make a move in your life. So the first half of today's episode, we chat about divorce. And the second half, we chat about life after divorce. All in all, it's life. 
Before I introduce you to our guest today, I want to remind you to sign up for the Midlife News at themidlifenews.com to receive insider alerts on new episodes, live shows, free workshops, and special offers. Also, join our private Facebook community for all things related to midlife at themidlifemakeoverclub.com. You'll receive episode updates, interview clips of the show, which are my favorite, and basically anything to help you live, love, and laugh through your midlife. Last but not least, go to midlifemakeovermethod.com to reinvent and make over your midlife. This is my four-week self-study online course where I teach you how to break free from the cycle of monotony. Wah, wah, wah. You'll be able to jumpstart your midlife makeover with clarity, courage, and confidence. Oh, yes. Oh, wait. One more thing. I'm moving to the little island of Madeira, Portugal in two days, 10 hours, and 13 minutes. <laughs> but hey, who's counting? I am so looking forward to sharing this dream of mine with all of you. So make sure you follow me on Instagram at Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show to see all my exciting adventures on the beautiful island of Madeira. Ooh, I cannot wait, you guys. Oh my gosh. Okay, now for today's awesome guest. Livia DeFilippis Barndollar is a family law attorney with the law firm Pullman & Comley with more than 40 years of experience. Based in the firm's Westport, Connecticut, she also serves as co-chair of Pullman & Comley's appellate practice with a focus on family law appellate matters. In addition to representing parties in dissolution of marriage cases and marital and premarital agreements, she has also represented children in the divorce process. Everyone, please welcome Livia to the show. Enjoy. Livia DeFilippis Barndollar. I hope I got that right. You welcome did. to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am so excited to have you on here. I shared with you that Divorce is quite the hot topic now, and I'm so glad that we are shining some light on what can be a dark subject. So tell everyone a little bit about what you do and my favorite question, why you do what you do. So I have been practicing law for <clears throat> 41 and a half years, and um, I started doing corporate tax and labor law and all kinds of things that I considered relatively boring. Sorry to any of my <laughs> colleagues in that area. <laughs> yeah. And um, wound up it, uh, really trying to push my way into divorce law from the beginning. Um, mm. I think one of the reasons why I tried to push my way into divorce law is um, my family had a family business. My father had a pharmacy. Um, it was for 40 years. We are, we were used to having people we helped take care of and, mm. and really a divorce lawyer is more than just a skill. You have to, you have to be able to both, um, guide people and sympathize with them, not necessarily yeah. empathize because if you pull yourselves self in too personally, you're not really of use to your client. Yes. 
Yeah. I would think almost uh, equivalent to like a physician, a surgeon. You have to be like, okay, these are my skills. You have to sympathize at the same time. You have to kind of separate a little bit. You can't get too emotionally involved, even though it's so difficult. So um, divorce attorney, so that can be pretty broad. So is there anything specifically that you specialize in? Well, I would have said some years ago that I was uh, most known for handling complicated financial circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, We're lucky in lower Fairfield County, Connecticut, that there are a lot of people who are, who are well off and have intricate financial situations. Um, I really love, this is the geek side of me. I really love tax law and how it interrelates Mm -hmm. with family law. Um, But as time has gone on, um, I have, two other, I've developed two other niches. Um, One is um, appellate law, uh, primarily in family law. I've always loved to write. I loved to know the law and deal with its development and um, representing children, um, which Mm. is usually in the Connecticut courts as a guardian ad litem, as opposed to an attorney for the minor children. Interesting. So I never, honestly, I've been through divorce a couple times (laughs) and actually had very peaceful divorces. And like people are like, did you really have a peaceful divorce? I did. I did have a peaceful divorce. At the same time, I didn't, I felt like I didn't even educate myself enough about divorce. And there's so many, as you know, there's so many things that go on in divorce between the finances, the children, the, the, the houses and the cars. And there's so much that goes on the visitation. And, and sometimes I feel like myself included, I just tried to plow through it just to get it done, you know, and even ignored some things. And looking back, I wish I had educated myself some more. So, so in regards to don't look back, don't look back. I know. So in in regards to the children, what do they, what rights do they have as they're going through a divorce? Well, um, in every state in the United States, there are child support guidelines. Um, That is basically the federal government said, if you want certain types of funding, you have to have child support guidelines in place. And one of the things that people forget, parents forget, is that it's not a parent's right to Mm. receive child support. It is the child's right to be supported. Um, That was something a long ago Connecticut judge used to make a point of saying in court more than once. So um, that's, that is their primary right Um, Mm -hmm. in some, and, and jurisdictionally things can be different. So Mm -hmm. for example, in New York, the children have the right to be supported until they're 21. In mm-hmm. Connecticut, uh, children um, are so parents are to support their children until mm-hmm. they are 18, unless at the time that they turn 18, they are still in college. I'm sorry, high school. In which case, mm-hmm. it is um, eight, 19, or their sooner graduation from high school. In Connecticut, we also have a statute for post-majority educational support. And within certain parameters, 
um, a child can um, receive support from the parents as ordered by the court. Important to mm -hmm. point out, however, that's not the child's right. The child can't mm -hmm. petition the court. A parent has to petition the court. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. On the, what do on you... the personal side, mm -hmm. though, Wendy, um, we're different than, um, for example, Canada. Canada recognizes a child's right to have a relationship with his or her parents. Um, mm. We don't recognize that as a right of the child. Um, not, explicit, not explicit. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, so do you actually meet with the children too? If I'm a guardian, I do. Mm. Not, okay. if I'm, not if I'm representing the parents. What do you feel a, that a the... Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And what do you feel like the, the children struggle with the most going through the divorce? Well, to be fair, if I'm a guardian, there's a, mm -hmm. it's a, conf, a conflicted divorce. <clears throat> yeah. So usually in those circumstances, um, the children are, want to spend a lot of time telling me how rotten one of their parents is. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's an interesting dilemma um, yeah. for parents, for mental health providers, for lawyers, for judges, because mm -hmm. there, are, there are children who feel very strongly about their yeah. position, but mm. the, the basic literature is that children profit from having relationships with both of their parents. Mm -hmm. so, right. Right. And, and it's, and I actually was having a conversation this morning about how the law <clears throat> and the world are not perfectly in sync because mm -hmm. children, for example, can develop relationships with their step sisters and brothers. Mm -hmm. And then those parents get divorced and there really isn't, at least not to my knowledge, there isn't any required contact that mm. um, children are, that that parents are required to provide for the children um, right. in a stepfamily. Hmm. So, I've never thought about that. Well, yeah. you know, though that's one of the things that lawyers who really care about family law think about. Because mm -hmm. children develop relationships. They may have relationships with grandparents. They may have relationships with aunts. They may have relationships with the step-parents' family. And right. good lawyers and, the, and judges uh, mm -hmm. are worried about the best interests of the children. That's the guideline to determining their parenting plan, but mm -hmm. are limited by what the law is. So mm -hmm. that that right, as we might think of it, to have a continued relationship with extended family is not necessarily at available. Right. Yeah. And I was just thinking, too, kind of going back to what we were saying about, 
you know, removing the emotions as much as you possibly can. I think that's what's great having an attorney like you, because obviously the the husband and wife, they, they, they're going to be, as they're going through the divorce, it's going to be very emotional and the children as well. So you're able to kind of step outside of that, of those emotions and look at it from a different way and be able to help them in, in ways that they probably wouldn't think of just because they are so caught up in the emotion, the emotional roller coaster of a divorce. Well, you know, a parent may know about the flaws of another parent yeah. and want to perhaps protect the child from hurt or protect the child from knowledge or protect the child from something that the parent doesn't agree with. Uh, right. And it's hard. It's hard to separate mm -hmm. your natural inclination to spare your child from pain or uh, bad experiences. And um, the lawyer often needs to try to strike that balance for them uh, mm -hmm. between acting on their own hurt or acting on their own desire to protect their child and right. letting the child have um, an unfettered relationship to the extent that it's good for the, the child. I'm not saying unfettered always works. I mean, if you have yeah. a, a parent who has a drug addiction, um, you're going right. to have to put certain things into place so that the child is safe. Right. Yeah. That's extremely important. So what do you feel uh, if someone is making a decision, okay, I need to get a divorce. What do you feel is the best advice to give them in moving before they actually like really go for it and start the divorce? I feel like there are sometimes people really make some huge mistakes before they start the divorce process. And then sometimes they can't go back. Um, so as, in regards to, you know, trying to create a peaceful divorce as possible, what do you, what do you recommend for people in, in moving forward and trying to create a peaceful divorce? I would say that um, what one needs to do, if possible, mm -hmm. is let go of anger as a motivating factor. Yeah, and and hurt. And and by the way, you know the the literature I've been taught is that a lot of times when people are very angry, it's really mm -hmm. they're actually really frightened. And that's yeah. how they express their fear. So mm -hmm. number one, I would say try to let go. It's not always easy, especially mm -hmm. in certain facts, um, to let go of your desire to punish the other person. Um, right. pun generally, courts don't punish mm -hmm. people. They make orders that are appropriate based upon the evidence and um, and the law. So try mm -hmm. to let go of that so you can start with an attorney who is going to help guide you. You want mm -hmm. an attorney who's going to counsel you and not just tell you yes for everything that right. you yeah. want to do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and also tell you the rules. Uh, mm -hmm. If, for example, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, why do I have to give this information? It's just dumb. Um, and <laughs> I say, well, um, 
we can tell the other, we can talk to the other side and make an agreement that mm-hmm. less documents and less information has to be traded. But you can't just tell the court that the rules are dumb. You have to follow yes. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna have to suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> right. So I would say try to let go of the anger. Try yeah. to, and this is something you probably can't do right at the beginning. Try mm-hmm. to determine what your big objectives are and try mm-hmm. to find a lawyer who is going to know the law and guide you, who is right. going to be cooperative as much as possible, but assertive in making sure that the things that you really need are mm-hmm. things that are addressed. Maybe they have to be addressed in a court setting. Maybe they don't. Um, right. And and to make sure that they know what the law because um, it is shocking to me that, for example, there are people out there, including judges, although I haven't mm-hmm. seen them in a long time, who don't mm-hmm. know that if you're not married on December 31st at midnight, you cannot file a joint tax return. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And those are some things that you just don't even think about as you're as you're moving into divorce. Right. That's why you yeah. get a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that's why you get a lawyer. I know. And I think too, some people will try to do it, you know, let's just have a peaceful divorce, do it without an attorney. And that can be very complicated, I feel. It's uh and I, I think both for both parties, because then they're being left out of things that they're just not knowing of how to do certain things and and their rights too. As I said to someone recently who said, mm-hmm. well, my husband wants to do mediation. Um, mm-hmm. And I said, you're both really good doctors. Yeah. Would, but that doesn't make you good lawyers. So there's two right. aspects to doing it for yourself. Um, one is you don't know what you don't know. And number mm-hmm. two is you're advocating for yourself. And that's right. really difficult. I mean, because Mm -hmm. if marriage is broken down, I'll bet you the communication is not stellar. So it's really hard to go into a room, even with a single mediator and no no other lawyers and campaign for it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And now all of my friends who do mediation exclusively hate me for having said that. (laughs) (laughs) I do. do But it's true, though. Yes. Yeah, I do do it, but I think that for me, the model that I think is best for my clients mm-hmm. is to have two good lawyers collect the information that's necessary, yeah. um, determine, for example, uh, what you're going to do, what positions you're going to take about valuation of the liquid assets, for example, mm-hmm. um, and then go to a private mediator with the lawyers presenting. Okay. I think that's the best way to get a really informed decision. But right. some people never get there. Some people wind up in court on trial. I personally don't like trial. It's fun for me in terms of intellectual <laughs> stimulation, but <laughs> you lose control when you walk into yeah. it. Yep. And every judge will say the same thing in family court. Do you want mm-hmm. me with my black robe making decisions about your children? I know. Yes. Yeah. 
So it's so, I think, so important to go into it with the intention of, okay, we can make this work. It can be peaceful. Have you seen peaceful divorces on your end? 98% of my cases settle. They're not always peaceful for the whole time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Very often, um, they're not peaceful at the very beginning, or they might not be peaceful at the very end. Um, But there are plenty of people who understand that if you're going to fight about the last 10% of the assets, there's going to be less assets at the end to split up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. It's so true. And, you know, I think when I look at divorce, I look at it as it's an opportunity for each person to, it opens it. Yes, that door might be closing, but another door is opening. And it's, I think if you focus on the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, oh my gosh, you have this new life, a new chapter. You can reinvent yourself. You can recreate your life. I think it's, I mean, for me, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, but I also, so have you been reading some of my stuff? Because (laughs) that's my new shtick. Um, you know, when, when children Mm -hmm. are young, Mm -hmm. um, you're pretty bound to the life you have to, to a large extent, you can make changes, but you, you, you have to be pretty brave or the situation has to be pretty extreme to make real changes. But as your children get older, or if you don't have children of the marriage, Mm -hmm. um, that's the opportunity and reinvent are the two words I use. It is an opportunity to sit back. I mean, I, not so much during the pandemic, but for many years, I had women coming into my office and I I represent men and women, but having women come into my office and say, you know, when the kids go to school or now that the kids are in college or out of college, I've always mm-hmm. wanted to have an apartment in New York. Yep. And I don't, <laughs> I don't want that house anymore with all of the obligations that go with it. Um, mm-hmm. There's an example of um, the opportunity that you may not have even thought about if you were right. making the compromises you make in a good marriage. People make compromises right. every day. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of what, what really, I went into a major depression after my divorce. And then at the same time, my brother had passed away. So it was like, I was like being bombarded all of the, yeah, welcome to midlife. Um, And so for me, something just, something flipped. And I, I had the thought, I was like, wait a minute, it's all windy now. You know, like, I can do what I want. I don't have to, you know, like my kids were grown, you know, they were out of the house. And so I, even when I was like, oh God, first I was like, oh God, I have to start dating. And then I thought, wait a minute, I'm not dating someone to let me make, you know, not like how it was 20, 30 years ago for me. I'm like, I'm finding a husband to raise children. And I'm like, I'm done with that. I don't have to do that. And, and one of my dreams was, to buy an RV and travel the country. And I was like, I can do that now. And I did. That's right. So yeah, it is such a great, and I'm always trying to get people because I, so many people reach out to me that are getting a divorce and wow, they're just, it, they're, they're stuck. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You've got to understand 
this is, it's opening up so much for you. If you can just see it and start taking a step towards your future. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting of like, yeah. I have three female friends who um, were my divorce clients. Mm. And uh, (laughs) they have talked to me repeatedly about how they looked at the ends of their marriage Mm -hmm. as an opportunity to either reinvent themselves or rediscover themselves. Right. Um, Pick up that activity that you put aside Mm -hmm. because you were raising children and going to work and taking care of everybody. Um, Or, oh, I really wish I had been an author. And Mm -hmm. I'm in a situation now where I have the time and the wherewithal to make to take that risk. And I think that that's a really big thing. I mean, when I, I, I've talked a little bit about women, but it's men too. I mean, I remember uh, I'm thinking of a particular former client, um, but he's not different than a lot of people in lower Fairfield County, or at least before the pandemic where he was, (laughs) he was commuting in and out of the city every day and starting his workday because a lot of his workday was in Europe uh, at Mm -hmm. five o'clock in the morning. And so this person had for decades uh, basically gone to sleep at eight and gotten up at three and commuted in and out of the city. And now he was like, I'm just moving in to New York and I'm not going to do this every day. Um, And that was not an opportunity his ex-wife was willing to afford him. Yep. Yeah. I think too, that it's, it's so important, you know, even before the divorce is final, before you sign those papers is to start thinking about this new future ahead of you and start making list of things that you've always wanted to do, write a book or take up hiking and, and even maybe things you've never thought of. I always say life is a buffet and just go sample what you want. If you like it, go back for seconds and thirds. If you don't like it, no problem. But again, yeah, opportunity. It, it is definitely an opportunity to create a new life for yourself and write a new chapter. And it's, uh, it, I feel like you you have more, um, maybe control is not the word. <laughs> Freedom. I think the I think the word can be freedom. Look, it's not yes. going to happen all the time. If you've got a three and a five right. year old, you're not going to get a lot of freedom for a while. If right. you've got a child support obligation that's based upon your earning capacity, and you decide you want to go mow lawns, that's not happening yeah. unless you've got wealth right. somewhere else to pay your bills. Yeah. But what you're saying is a flip side to something else that's really important yeah. for people who are going through divorce, which is. Don't mm-hmm. think of yourself as a victim. Right. You may have been a victim, frankly. Yep. I mean, there mm-hmm. are pretty awful stories that I have heard over the years. But yes. if you if you cast yourself as a victim, you're mm-hmm. allowing your future to be robbed from you. Maybe right. your past exactly. was robbed, but right. you're the one who gets to decide whether your future is getting robbed too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think about my audience, obviously most of them midlifers between the ages of 40 and 60 ish. And for them, 
you know, if they're gone, going through divorce or have gone through divorce, most of their kids probably are, you know, either late teenagers or twenties or something of the sort. So this is a great time for them to, to do all those things they've wanted to do. Maybe go travel Europe. I mean, why not? And, and I think what's so cool now, as you know, being able to work remotely is one gift that came out of COVID (laughs) that we're able to do stuff like this and it's becoming the norm. And there's so many job opportunities just for, you can work from home, you can travel and you can, you can work sitting on the beach. Heck I can, I just have to take my microphone, but, (laughs) but that's something, you know, just like the gentleman that you mentioned that decided to like, oh my gosh, well, I'll just move to New York city then I'll just stay there. Like probably hadn't even thought about it, but really it is, I think, to kind of take a step back, reset, regroup and reinvent. Yes. And again, to think of this as a passage. Yeah. A lot of us have been through a lot of very difficult passages over the last few years. And um, one of the things that, and certainly I wouldn't want to go back to the beginning of the COVID pandemic, but one of the things that people were doing then that we seem to have forgotten about is Mm -hmm. evaluating what's important to them in their lives. Right. And that's so right. That's something that you that if you go through a divorce or you go through the death of a spouse or you lose mm-hmm. a business, any of those things, it's it's a good idea to sit back and say, should I keep trying to do the same thing over and over again, or should I try right. to take a path? Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I know before we hit record, we were talking about this about loss. And I had someone on the show recently. She's an author of this new book called Ambiguous Grief. I had never heard of the term ambiguous grief. And then when she said, and I was reading the the notes and I thought, oh my gosh, ambiguous grief. Yes. I I realized I'd been through a lot of it in my life, but basically it's, it's the loss of someone that is still alive, which happens through divorce which happens through if you have, you know, a family or friends that have addiction and they you've lost them because you can't really connect with them anymore. It is the loss of even yourself of what once was. And it's really really interesting and I I I always encourage people whether through the divorce or after the divorce take some time to grieve. Because if you don't take that time to grieve, it'll come back up. It'll bubble to the surface <laughs> for sure. And, and, to, and to look at it, it, it is, I think, with every loss, there is a gain. So I think to look at it and like, okay, this, is, this has happened. It's, I'm losing this marriage. I'm losing this life that once was. I'm losing, even you're losing those, those roles, you know, that, that you played in the marriage. Even that's changing. And to just take some time to just, you know, uh, grieve for it. So I think you said something along the lines of losing yourself. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people are getting divorced, especially if it's a surprise to one of the parties, um, it's a loss of dreams, right? It's a loss of how you envisioned your life was going to be. Right. And, um, well, I don't recommend actually having the death of, I'm sorry, your brother or a spouse, right. 
Um, Mm -hmm. That's less ambiguous. They are gone and people feel that they understand that you are on that you are sad. Right. Um, In addition to taking time to grieve, I think when in the divorce setting, you one also needs to look at what one needs in order to feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. and to be able to heal. And maybe um, I know, and again, I'm thinking of some of my clients. um, One of them goes to the beach in the mornings and does yoga as the sun comes up with a group. You couldn't get me out of bed to go do that. But I totally understand that for her um, and for me, being by the water is very fulfilling and healing. So I think that one of the things that one needs to do in order to effectively grieve the loss is Mm -hmm. try to figure out what's meaningful for you. Yes. Um, What fulfills you? What Mm -hmm. helps you feel centered? What helps? I mean, these are all these wellness buzzwords, but when you get past the wellness buzzwords, they are the things that in a busy world, particularly in a marriage, if you have children and everybody has needs, a lot Mm -hmm. of times those, those things are the things that you either have not paid attention to or even sacrificed. Right. You can get back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's so important. And I know even for myself, of just taking the time to grieve. And while I was going through the grieving process, I was filling it, my life in with new things and new experiences and doing some yoga, not early. <laughs> not 6 a.m. Maybe. on the beach? <laughs> Nothing. I have to have my two cups of coffee, then I'll think about yoga. But yeah, it's so important. And th- those things in itself, I think, are healing. And that doesn't mean it's a form of distraction or you're replacing that. It is that you are bringing things into your, to your body, mind, and spirit that bring you joy. And that in itself just helps with the healing process. But yeah, divorce is definitely a loss. I mean, no matter if it was the worst divorce on the planet or the most peaceful divorce, it's a loss, no matter what. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, maybe if it's the worst and maybe that's actually easier. Um, Yeah. Because when it's peaceful, (laughs) you're still looking at the good things, right? And um, it's exacerbated if you have, if you have children, because um, then you feel their loss as well. Right. And I think, you know, I had gotten a therapist when I was um, going through the divorce and one of the things I struggled with, especially as a mother was, oh my gosh, like I felt so much guilt and I felt so bad for the children and oh my, what are they, how are they going to handle this? And what's their life going to be like? Are they going to end up in divorce? And then, you know, I, it was just this battle going on within me. And I remember the therapist saying, she's like, Wendy, that's their journey. Let them handle their journey. And what you can do is show them, yes, life goes on. Relationships can end, but they actually just evolve into something else. It's okay. And that doesn't mean that all relationship, all marriages end in divorce. That's not true. So it, again, going with the opportunity, it was an opportunity for me as a mother to really step up and show them, 
hey, divorce can be peaceful. Yes, life goes on and look at what we can make life now. And I think um, while we're talking about it as mothers, I think a lot of fathers mm. feel the same thing. They're like, yep. oh, I was supposed to be there for this. I was supposed right. to be the one, um, now I'm typecasting, but I was supposed to be the one that was yeah. fixing the leaking pipe at the house now. Yeah. And uh, my 15-year-old daughter is trying to figure out how to do it. And I'm on Zoom yeah. with her um, right. or FaceTime <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I do think that um, that there really is a, a lot that people take mm. on in the form of guilt. And really what it yeah. is, it's regret. And yes. so in, guilt is a useless not that I don't do it all the time, but it's a useless yeah. emotion. Um, right. But regret, if you look at it carefully, shows you the way to make some changes to at least right. try to reduce what mm -hmm. the effects of the divorce are on others. Yes, exactly. Another example is I often find in divorces mm -hmm. that my client may have a a mother-in-law or a father-in-law or a sister or brother-in-law who they really want to stay in touch with. And sometimes mm. that doesn't happen. And that's another right. loss. Another loss, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the relationships change. I know too, you know, sometimes you have friends, group friends, a lot of those friends you know, they, oh, well, we're actually friends with him or we're friends with her. So we're going to go up oh, yeah. on this side and, happens and that all the happens. Time. Yeah. yeah. And it's very, yeah. I mean, one yeah. of the other things that, that good divorce lawyers though can do, and it occurred to me when we were talking about this issue before is mm -hmm. they can also help people make decisions that really aren't, um, legal decisions, but because mm. divorce lawyers see this, a lot of the same scenarios over and right. over, um, they can help people make decisions to help them move forward in good ways. And here's an example. Yeah. I've seen this happen a lot in mm -hmm. certain parts of the country and where I practice is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. the, you may one may have quite a bit of equity in a house. Mm -hmm. And I have often had one or both of the parties say, nope, 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 we're not selling that house. It's mm -hmm. for the children to come back to. And a lot of times, especially adult children are like, what do you mean you're going to sell my childhood home? But yeah. on the other hand, you may be sitting on a bunch of equity or worse, you're sitting on a, a debt, a mar I'm sorry, a mortgage debt or, or real estate taxes. Uh, that mm. aren't going to be easily sustainable. And right. sometimes good divorce lawyers will take their clients aside and say to them, look, I know the emotional sense you have, but let's look at the mm -hmm. freedom that you could have if you don't have this big mortgage payment every month. Yes, exactly. And I think maybe sometimes it is just wanting to hang on to something out of the out of the marriage, you know, there's yep. that emotional connection to, to a home. And, but yeah, that's a really good point because and, and again, it's not rational mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, and there's where you really need to develop a relationship with a lawyer with, 
who you feel you can trust, whose advice you can rely on. I read an yes. interesting little blurb this morning, um, and I don't know where to credit it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but it talks about how hard it can be to dispose of one's belongings. And it was talking about, um, you know, if your parents are still with you and they're moving out of their home and you're like, why did you keep that? And at the end of it, it said something that was really very poignant to me that Mm -hmm. when it's 40 years later or, or when it's later in life and you've saved the plastic champagne glasses from a new year's Eve with your, your now deceased spouse from 50 years ago. That actually means something to you more than the chandelier you had to have or the good rug you had to have. So it's keep it all in perspective and it's hard to have perspective when you're going through that, through a divorce. Yeah. You've been so awesome. <laughs> I uh, I have I think I shared with you that I've had a lot of divorce attorneys lately on the show and they have been so surprising to me and just so and I think that's that's a good uh pe- for people to change their perspective about attorneys like they're they actually do have a heart and it's not all <laughs> you're not just another you know like you're not just another case on the on a desk of you're not just another name going through the divorce system. Like you are important. The children are important. Everyone is important. So I think that, I think it's great again, that you are um, sharing so much to the world and you are making a difference. Well, thank you. I, I, I do want to say that that's one of the things that people should look at. Um, your lawyer should stand up for you. Your lawyer should know the law. Your lawyer should make sure that you don't just roll over and um, sign anything. But right. there are plenty of lawyers who are willing to foment discord or don't mm-hmm. know how to handle their cases any other way. And yeah. that's going to buy you a lot of static. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where can we find you? So um, I was going to read you something from my screen, but it oh, was yeah. so uh, no, so oh. now I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to try to remember it, which is uh, I have a website. Um, I and uh, a whole practice group in family law that uh, is inside a full service law firm can be found at www.pullcom, P-U-L-L-C-O-M.com. And um we also are lucky. I'm lucky because being here, uh, we also have plenty of lawyers who understand tax and understand trusts and understand all kinds of mm. incorporations and all kinds of things that can be at issue in your divorce. Um, we, you will also find if you go to our website, some articles and some um, recordings on topics mm-hmm. concerning family law or other topics like. Uh, like how to run your business after the pandemic. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so those are all there. Um, yeah. I was told that you like Instagram a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Pullman, as far as I know, Pullman does not have an Instagram account. We have LinkedIn account. <laughs> we, have, we have a Facebook account. Uh, I personally have an Instagram account, but I've decided you probably don't want to see pictures of my grandsons or the view out of my back window at sunset. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I would actually. <laughs> well, Wendy, I can send those to you privately. I, I, yeah. uh, I do so have what a is your, pretty Yeah, sense. What's your Facebook, uh, your Facebook page? Oh, my Facebook page is, I, I was talking about my personal one, but Pullman has mm-hmm. a Facebook page. Oh, okay, um, good. Okay. Yeah. And Pullman has a LinkedIn page. And um, I believe we also have Twitter and um, the folks who sent me the email to tell you all that information are not going to be pleased with me that my screen went black and then I'm just trying to <laughs> remember off the top of my head what they told me. Well, you me. know what, though? We'll definitely, I'll put it all in the show notes too, and it'll have all the links so everyone can check out, check that out too. So Thank yeah. You. Yes. You've been so great. Thank and happy, happy, happy curly hair. <laughs> yeah, we talked about how we fought that all of our lives. Now we're just gonna go with it. <laughs> we're just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be walking on the beach at, at uh, seven o'clock than worrying about whether my hair looks right. So. Yeah, <laughs> here's a happy you, divorces Wendy. and happy curls. Right. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Livia. You take care. And now for the nuggets of midlife wisdom from today's show. Number one, let go of anger and hurt as a motivating factor when you move forward in divorce. Number two, you want an attorney that will guide you to be cooperative and be assertive in making sure that the things you need are addressed. Number three, there are two challenges in doing the divorce yourself. Number one, you don't know what you don't know. Number two, you're advocating for yourself. Number four, a great way to get a really informed decision is to have two good lawyers collect the information that is necessary, determine what to do, and then go to a private mediator with the lawyers. Number five, look at divorce as an opportunity to either reinvent or rediscover yourself. Number six, Divorce is a great time to sit back and evaluate what's important in your life. What fulfills you? What makes you happy? Number seven, no matter if a divorce is good or bad, it's a loss. Take the time to grieve. Number eight, guilt is a form of regret and regret shows you the way to make some changes in your life. Okay, Livia, thank you so much for being on the show. This was amazing. And you guys, make sure you check the links in the show notes to connect with Livia. I hope this episode inspired you to make a move. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, You can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.